0: Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Anime Brothers Podcast. It's been a little bit, uh, like, two week hiatus. It feels like. Uh, I'm your host, JD, and I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Earthworm the Mighty. How are we doing, good sir?
1: Not too bad, buddy. Not too bad. Um, Enjoyed the week off. Not gonna lie, I like you know like doing the podcast and stuff, but it was nice to have a week off of responsibility. So that's cool.
0: Oh, absolutely. I. I think it was probably much needed. Uh, There's a lot going on. A lot of people don't know behind the scenes when you got a big work schedule or you just feel fatigued. Yeah. Nobody's uh, paying us to do this yet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. If somebody wants to pay us like full-time salary to do this. All right. Yeah. If I could quit my
0: job, I'll watch everything that you guys put at the table. I just need to be able to afford uh, about three grand a month. So yeah, Yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's work that in the contract.
1: I do daily episodes. If I if I got paid a, a livable salary, I mean, fuck it. What else am I gonna do? Exactly.
0: So, <laughs> uh, but w- with that note, we're gonna of course talk about all things that are uh, that have happened in probably our little break that we've had. But just know that this episode is finally the Cowboy Bebop episode that probably a lot of people have been wondering. Finally, seeing Earthworm as he has his first start to finish watch of Cowboy Bebop. Holy shit. I've done
1: it. Now everybody can leave me alone. <laughs> no, there's way more to come. Now you got to watch all the other classics, I guess. Oh, sure. <laughs> sure. But it's it's funny. You never I never get like People don't seek me out, never sought me out for not watching Cowboy Bebop. But when they found out, anytime it just came up in conversation like I, they just yeah. expected you to actually know and watch Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, it turned into a yo, hey, oh, yo, fuck you, guy. And I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, so here we go. I, I remember not so might guy asking this, uh, asking us about Cowboy Bebop specifically because I had been bringing it up for a while. So I hope you're happy, friend. I hope, uh, I hope I've hope i made all your dreams come true. That's right. Absolutely. And then you have me over here,
0: like, actually going through One Piece. So all the One Piece fans are getting what they want. I mean, we're just here for the people. Yeah, the more, we are the, the podcast
1: of, of the people. Um, ComuPod, if you will. Oh, okay. I like that. Anime <laughs>
0: Brothers Commupod.
1: <laughs> come, comrade. Talk about titties of the virtual yeah. kind.
0: No, but uh, yeah, before we get to it, of course, we have a lot to talk about. Probably Uh, you had just finished it, so it is going to be fresh and it sits with a lot of heavy like things going on. But before we get to all that, why don't we just see how was your vacation?
1: Uh, It was Baldur's (laughs) Gatey. Oh, was it?
0: I don't think anyone knows what's been happening.
1: Yeah, well, if you're if you're a member of our discord, you can probably see. I think it actually shows you when I'm playing a game on Steam. So you probably have, have known, but I mentioned it on the last episode we recorded a couple weeks ago. It's like, hey, um, I'm probably going to buy it. And and lo and behold, a few didn't, not even, like the day later. Like two days later. Yeah, two days later. Yeah, it didn't take very long. D- I bought it, downloaded it, been playing the shit out of that. I have three separate campaigns going, one with you and my buddy, one with my buddy, one with just me. And yeah, it's it's... God, it's a real easy way to kill eight hours, and I just love games that are real easy ways to kill eight hours.
0: Oh, no, absolutely. I was going to say most of this is going to be talking about how much we loved Baldur's Gate and how we're playing together and going through our own adventures. And it's now taking up pretty much all
1: aspects of our lives. I want to talk to you about this. I want to talk to you after, so I don't know if I'm going to cut this or whatever. Do you want to do an episode on Baldur's Gate? Like the whole, uh, maybe we wait. It's going to be a while before
0: we finish. But I
1: mean, if if you want to talk about the whole story of it and and, I I don't uh, even know if I want to talk about the story so much. I mean, yeah, I would definitely bring up the story, but I guess I just want to talk about it as like a. A big long video game review, kind of. I mean, you know, do like an outside. Yeah, I mean, anime I'm always episode. down to do a video game review.
0: We did say we're not just going to hold ourselves to anime, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, we could definitely wait and until maybe one or both of us finish the story, so we can give a a full like story review along with the game. I want to finish way before you guys. Yeah, you're definitely way I started ahead.
0: this train, I should be yeah. able to finish it, but god is it hard to finish. It's so much going on for it.
1: Yeah, in my solo campaign, I'm I'm the furthest behind cuz I always end up playing multiplayer, which is fine. I'm not complaining. I guess I'm just saying like I it's going to be a while. Like I'm going to be with somebody else when I finish the story, I think. Maybe even you cuz we're we're pretty far along in the campaign that we started. We've only played two sessions, and I think we're further along than my solo campaign. So, right,
0: but there's going to be a lot of different outcomes, especially ours. We're kind of going a darker route in, uh, yeah, in pro our tip. three play
1: playthroughs. So. Pro tip, don't kiss the mind flayer. You get an option to kiss the mind flayer. <laughs> that I mean, was your fault. That is I, okay. all your fault. No You're one in their me... right mind would have picked that one at all. But the thing is, is it's, an, it's an option. It's like, hey, it, it, it's, an, it's not like, okay, if we're just playing at the table, and it's like you come across the mind flayer, and I'm like, I want to kiss it. That's weird. Okay, I'll admit that. That's weird. This is a video game with pre-built options, and one of them is lean in for a kiss on this tentacle-faced monster. Uh, I don't, you know? Come on, I gotta try that.
0: Yeah. That's a good thing you have save points. That's why if you do like a Nuzlocke type of way with Baldur's Gate playing real D&D, you make that choice. The game's done. You, you've
1: lost. There you Oh go. my God. Restart every time you fucking... Wow. That's, that That's where I'm... Rough.
0: I'm eventually going to do that once I beat the game. Just like the Dark Edge type of class, uh, the creator of the game said, I recommend playing the game first the normal way. So you get everything, kind of understand how it works, get the story, and then you can go back and change like... Because there's so many different ways it can end. So... Um, but that's what he recommended, and I think that's
1: probably the approach I'd like to go with. Yeah, yeah. So, um, be on the lookout, everybody, for a Baldur's Gate three, uh, review slash story time episode. mm mm-hmm. Absolutely. How about you, though? How what uh, what did you get up to on on your week off?
0: Uh, well, most of the week off entailed me working a nine day uh, night shift, so was no benefit for me. Cause at the time, uh, you were playing the game every single night, and I'm like, I have to work. And I was hoping you weren't going to start playing until I could play because then it's like, damn it. But uh, nonetheless, uh, other than that, after the nine day work uh, through, I basically got to go up, just got back from going up to the mountains in New Hampshire with my mom and my wife and just kind of hang out with my dog and my pup for at least a day and a half to kind of get out, be with them before summer ends officially. And um football starting. So I'm like, I'm now back home ready for football. But also in the back of my mind, here we go. Baldur's gate, you know, you're home now. All you
1: got to do is jump on the game. That's what I'm saying. Your are all your buddies are home and that you could play your three player campaign and with all your friends. Yeah, exactly. But it is the first week of
0: football and I do like football. So there's those things that are going back and forth. But yeah, I mean, to be honest, my, my vacation entailed mostly working. And then when I had like a day before I had to go on another little mini vacation. So it's some bad with good. I don't have much to say other than to for this Cowboy Bebop um review I did in between here and there and working. I watched up to like six episodes, started the show, kind of got more of like the beginning is more of like entering the characters and it's very story driven. Um, before I think the only one I didn't get to see is Ed, uh, cause that's later. And then I watched summary videos of every character and then some of the adventures they went through to just jog the memory. Cause it's all there, but, um, yeah. And then I just watched the last episode with you
1: because you were watching it as uh, I got home. It was great, right? I, my tardiness benefits everyone. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go with that. So, but yeah, if there's anything
0: you have to say, man, I say, this is all you for the vacation. I was pretty much just working and, uh, pretty much watching like one piece and shit. So just, I mean, at least know that on the anime side with my buddy, Devin, we're like 50 episodes in, so we're doing pretty good. Killing it, bro.
1: Killing it. Only have a
0: thousand twenty-four to go.
1: Yeah. You're uh, like what? 5% there. I think it's 5%. Yeah. I'd
0: give it a strong four.
1: No, I think you're well. Yeah, actually, because it's over a thousand episodes, but like, it, yeah, exactly. Cool. If we're going round numbers here, thousand episodes, fifty, you're five percent in. You're getting there. You're killing it, bro. It feels amazing. It should. It should. I actually had a conversation <laughs> with a kid at the Duncan drive-through about One Piece. So, um, unfortunately, that's another two. Were months you acting for like Rio. you've watched it, or did no. you just be like, yeah, no, I've never seen it was it, okay. just I. It was one of those like, uh, he i was wearing my Hunter Hunter shirt, and he's asking me like, is it good? I'm like, it's fucking. Phenomenal. Who who are you? Who the fuck am I? Who do you think I am? <laughs> Asking me if Hunter Hunter's good. Come I'm on, Earthworm go. from the Anime Brothers, and I know Hunter Hunter is good. And he's he's fucking, he's like, I just finished one piece. I'm like, oh that's wild. I've you know it's just it's too long for me and stuff, and just I I have a problem watching long anime, and he's like, Oh, I know, but don't be worried about the length. And he was doing he was like skirting around actually telling me to watch it. You know what I mean? No, because Wait, he, he
0: knew that you were gonna the more you hear it, the more you're gonna add six months.
1: He listens to the podcast, and he's like, this guy <laughs> little might be knew. Earthworm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that's really cool, though. I was going to say, when it comes to One Piece, I'll let you know that uh, it is <laughs> it is really good. Um, maybe it's because I've already read the manga, but watching it with Devin, and like I said, maybe it's the, the dub actors, but they actually, though I don't like all the filler and how they drag fights out, the acting is pretty damn good, and I've actually chuckled quite
1: a bit that I thought I would, so. I love it. Love it. Um, but yeah, I got I got nothing else exciting. Um, I'll save most of my Baldur's Gate stories for when we when we do an episode on it. Uh, so I guess if you got nothing else, we can get right into Cowboy Abiba. I think it's time to blow this thing. Get everybody in the stuff together. Okay, three, two, one. Let's. Jam-
0: Well, here we are. It's finally time for the Cowboy Bebop review, or I don't even know what we want to title this. It's kind of like we're just gonna talk about it. This is your first watch through, like me watching JoJo's It's My Adventure, JD's Quest for the One Piece. This is more of like Earthworm's Space uh, Journey, like you know, becoming a space cowboy or something. I don't know. Like, what is
1: this to you? Um, I, mm, I, I have no idea. This is just, I guess, it's just me watching Cowboy Bebop. At the end of the day. That's it. Fine. That's all
0: it is. As Earthworm watches Cowboy Bebop,
1: finally crossing off one thing that uh, people can't yell at me for anymore. So there's that. I'm excited, and I, I can feel all the eyes on me because I I know we're gonna have the usual suspects that come out for for these kind of reviews, the old the old classic anime reviews. So I can feel all the peering eyes on me from all of our from all of our peers, uh, pun intended. So yeah, uh, I guess we'll we'll just get into it. Um, I don't know how you want to go about this. I I thought about doing episodic review kind of as we were going through and that would be a long, long ass review because each episode I mean it's it's way more episodic than I thought it was gonna be. And Yeah, and I want to come
0: on record to say this is what I meant. Like I, I'll hear your take about it. Um, but the way I kind of want to drive this is more of like what you would want to talk about. I'll ask you questions, of course, of like what you thought of it, what were you thinking prior before watching it. Stuff like we usually do when I'm watching something, but, um, much like when I had to do the Ava movies and you didn't get to have that refresh, I don't think I'm able to drive everything that happens as much because you just watched it and I have not, I've sure. uh, watched mostly summary yeah. videos and, and, and character videos, uh, on YouTube. But my, my whole thing that I would like to get across is the reason why when, if anyone goes on my mouth, JD's here, you'll see it only as a seven and Normally, uh, if I talk to people like people from the you know podcast, like Strictly series, and I've I've really talked to Carl about why I gave it a seven, like it's a really great show, but the episodic natures and how much is in there is actually not at the time what I was into. I loved every character's story and everything that had to do with like the syndicate, but that's actually not very much a part of this whole entire Cowboy Bebop. So that's why I could never give it a nine or 10 like most people are giving because I, I maybe I'm just the A to B type of guy. But that's that's why I originally put it at seven. Um, but uh, that, that's just what I want to come out there and say is that we're hopefully going to have you drive more
1: of this since you just recently watched it. That makes sense. I will definitely do my best. Uh, so I guess I'll just start off with like how I kind of felt about Cowboy Bebop before starting it and some maybe misconceptions that I had. And I already brought it up. So uh, one of the misconceptions I had is I knew it was an episodic show but i i guess i didn't realize how episodic it was because at the end of the day you really get four i th- want to say four episodes that have to do with spike and the syndicate um two get, for like
0: Faye, i think and two for jet or something like that
1: yeah and even those um even the spy, the 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 jet and the fay episodes end up being a very self-contained whereas they do have like little bits and pieces of of their past such as you have the episode i also want to we probably should have said this before i don't know if you said it and I, I didn't listen but spoilers ahead for cowboy bebop because um yeah we're gonna we're gonna be talking about it in depth so yeah before i say anything spoilery i i want to i want to get that out there so there we go moving forward uh the episode where jet kind of talks to his old uh girlfriend whatever his old love interest -hmm. That was, I think, I think so. I can't remember her name exactly, but he he goes, he talks to her. It's very much like a jet centric backstory, that backstory filled episode. But it's still, it's not like a a giant building block. It's just, it's a very self contained thing where it's not, it doesn't lead to jet going through and dismantling a bunch of corrupt cops that he used to work with or something like that it's just a one episode jet sees somebody from his past has a reconciliation does the bounty thing that they're gonna do you know and and then they move on so yeah i i guess i really wasn't sure what to expect um but that being said i i had less of a problem with the episodic nature than I thought I was going to, and I talked to you a little bit about this before we recorded, but I think it has to do with the fact that that, that Cowboy Bebop is so. I mean, it's telling great stories. Uh, it, it even in these episodic stories, it never. Yeah, there's feels... some
0: filler episodes like the 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 one with psycho psychokinesis powers, whatever the fatter large man that has the brain of a child basically that oh, like, yep. faces off with spike i mean i love that episode to be honest and that's not technically going forward in any type of storyline it's basically just contained in this little filler like saga and i like that so there's there's not all just cuz it's episode doesn't mean they weren't
1: good ones but there were some ones where i was like eh i'm not really interested in this one you know what i'm saying i can understand where you're coming from with that and i truly think it's it's more of a it's more of a mindset as you're watching it um, I think if you rewatched it again, and I don't know, maybe you did, you said you watched a few episodes of it, but I, I watched feel like six
0: episodes. Yeah. Did it, beginning.
1: did it kind of hit you a little bit differently now that you knew exactly what, like they were very self-contained episodic stories?
0: Well, pretty much. I want to also say that you're going to, of course, see it a lot different now because you've watched Moe shows, you've watched Slice of Life, you basically watch on the daily shows where... Nothing's really going on, and it's episodic every single episode. So this, of course, is not going to bother you. I had started watching this like right when we started the podcast, right before. So I had not had 200 episodes under my, or 200 animes under my belt yet. So going back, yeah, watching it, I wasn't so like, oh, this is boring, blah, 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 or like, where are we going from here? But I also want to state that the first six episodes are technically... All going together. A goes all the way to B by the time of episode six, everything I've watched. Because you kind of meet Jet and Spike early on, right in the first episodes. You then meet Faye. Faye then leaves them for like one episode, like ditches them, but she gets stranded out in space and they're passing by on the way of taking care of a bounty. They pick her up, so she ends up with them again. And then She kind of moves herself in, and now they're a bigger group. And then it leads into finally a Vicious and Spike episode, which is the famous, you know, uh, them standing up in the church, all that gun and sword drawn. And so, like, what I mean is, like, the first five episodes already, that's not episodic. That's literally technically still working to a point. And then by the time, like, Ed shows up, I feel like is when it's finally like, all right, the whole crew's here. We're going to start going off and having some adventures. And I never got to that point, so I don't know how I'd feel. But I will say that the first six episodes, seeing it again, you're right. I was like, all right, this is actually a lot better than I originally had thought.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of what I'm getting at, to where if you go in expecting, um, you know, a a, a Naruto, a, a long-running narrative where there are cliffhangers and episodes run directly into one another... You are kind of setting yourself up for disappointment. And I mean, you really didn't know any better. I don't I don't think, you know, because Cowboy Bebop, you hear it's a legendary anime. Everybody watched it, yada, yada, yada. But nobody really tells you like it's it's a bunch of self-contained stories that kind of lead into one another very, very slightly. But it's never it's not like the lady from the heavy metal episode shows back up in episode 18. To save the crew, like would happen in a in um like a Naruto, Bleach, One Piece, where it's like all of these yeah, things and that's are, that's
0: the shonen. This is definitely a seinen. This is adult. You know, this is meant to be a more older audience. And that's without one hundred percent, you know,
1: yeah. But for me, what really makes me i okay is not the right word, but what really makes the episodic nature of Cowboy Bebop shine is the fact that all of all of these episodes, all of these stories that are be t- being told in the episodes, because you're right, they, the Spike story, Phase story, they're all being slowly pieced together, one puzzle piece at a time, throughout these episodes. But there are other self-contained stories that are just as profound. You know, you have—we'll um, talk about the first episode. You have the the guy who's got the the fucking crazy John Wick drug and the his red lover. eye. Yeah, and his lover fucking shoots him at the end to save him from being blown up as more of like, if I take your life, it's sweeter than if these police that don't know you do it. And it's like, all right, that is a massively profound, beautiful story, all contained in 22 minutes. And, y- and then you we're just going gonna... to... Oh, i was sorry, say, go ahead.
0: Coming, come, no, coming off this first episode that you're saying and how that ended and... Uh... Seeing that, you know, both the wife and husband go out pretty much, you know, getting shot up in space and um, Spike seeing this. I did not come up with this. I watched videos summaring up every episode and talking about certain things that affected Spike or Faye in the, in the show. And so I forgot what the person's name is. I can put it down in Discord so I can say that it's not coming from me. But they mentioned that it bothered Spike even more when he realized it it was kind of like symbolizing him and Julia not being able to escape their life either, that it is going to end up in death. And we just saw the ending of the episode. The first and last episode was both of them dying in the episode, just like he and she did at the first episode, like you just said. And even though that's a self-contained story, it kind of... Links itself to the ending of the story somehow, and that's where the beauty in it is. And much like *Eon* uh, *Neon Genesis* and all that stuff, you start listening to people talk about how the storytelling is. You're like, shit, it is good, but I needed someone else to explain it to me in like detail.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's <laughs> so, full of these unbelievably beautiful little moments. And when I when I think when we say it's not uh, so connected, I think. We mean like narratively connected, but what you just yes, said about yeah, 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 what you just said about spike seeing himself and Julia in the first couple that he's bounty hunting in the first episode, I mean, that's a thematic connection, and that's the shit that I love in in media when it's not about what's necessarily happening on screen, but perhaps how characters are feeling about it or interpreting it, or just the poetic fucking irony of certain situations, um. So yeah, very very thematically connected through everything and even these all all these self-contained stories kind of shine a light on how our main four characters may be feeling or coping with a certain thing. Uh but at the end of the day, some of these episodes that cow- I'd say 90% of the episodes that Cowboy Bebop put out um all of these self-contained episodic stories I they're just they're good. At the end of the day, they All the things we said, like they're thematically connected, Uh, that's all great, but you could take any single episode of Cowboy Bebop, make it its own thing, and I think it would, it would obviously wouldn't have the ultimate success that Cowboy Bebop has as a story, but it would shine, it would, all of these single narrative, episode narratives can stand on their own, if given the chance. And I think that's what makes this anime so good, is that if you look at it as a whole, you get this wonderful, somber look at uh, at all the, of these characters' lives, and Jet is doing everything he can to forget the past pretty successfully, while Spike is doing the exact opposite. Um, and Faye is trying to remember her past because it's not something she chose to forget, and... Yeah, it's 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 fucking wild. I kind of lost my point there as I started to get into the characters. I, th- I was
0: hoping you were going to finish with an Ed, but then you're like Ed's Ed.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, like Ed, Ed's great. Ed's my favorite character. Don't get me wrong. We'll talk about it. I'm glad to see another Ed point.
0: lover in the group because uh, I was talking with my buddy Devin. He's like, is Spike your favorite? Mike, to be honest, man, I love every one of the Cowboy Bebop crew. It's like Yu Yu Hakusho. We don't want to make who's the least favorite, but I will always say that it was Ayn and Ed as like a combo is my favorite. But yeah, it would really come down to I love Ed so much. But yeah, Ayn's a good boy. So I link them together, but Ed is the best of the four group members.
1: Yeah, Ed's my favorite. But I guess my ultimate point to everything I was saying is Cowboy Bebop is masterfully crafted and all of the little things are puzzled together so beautifully that there's no there's no parts of Cowboy Bebop. At least the the creation of the idea that you can call lazy or or not not thought through or just thrown together. Bada bing. Uh, so we opened the door. You want to talk about some characters while we're here?
0: Uh, sure. I was going to say that sounds pretty good because uh, just to answer that question, we wanted to start this with is like when you first heard about it, you heard about the episodic nature. And then when you watched it, you didn't realize how much there actually was but then by the end of it you're like i enjoyed all of it so there was no problem with yeah, that. that that's epi- where we're ending it
1: yeah yeah the episodic nature actually worked in favor of cowboy bebop uh, in in the whereas going into it i thought it would work against my enjoyment but when they say that it's a new we're cr- calling cr- we're creating a ju- new genre and we're calling it cowboy bebop i think they are being 100% serious when that statement is put out it is a a this is its own fucking genre as far as I'm concerned. Well, I
0: was going to say Samurai Shampoo does the same thing because um, it's the same creator and yeah. also has episodic episodes. Like, like I said, there's a baseball episode where yep, they play yep. the Yankees and <laughs> it's there's hilarious. there's undead episodes where they're fighting zombies. And then we just go the next episode like nothing even happened. And but he, it's even just then, so I. It, it's kind of like its own genre. We'll just call it the the creator, and I. I'm, I'm gonna butcher his name, so it's like. But his creator, he's the one that makes these type of
1: uh, episodic ideas. Oh yeah, yeah. The the creator definitely has a certain flavor. Um, but I, even then, like I haven't watched Shampoo, and I'm sure it sh- shares so many similarities. But I'd still bargain that Cowboy Bebop stands as something while similar in the same way completely different because well so I guess we'll get into characters later because I'm getting into this I think what makes Cowboy Bebop one of the many things that makes it stand out one of the many pillars of the show is the music and the fact that it uses jazz music bebop music all of it uses that particular styling I think that definitely sets it apart in a certain way whereas like I know Shampoo uses hip-hop music so that, I mean, mm-hmm. the genre for that would be like Samurai Hop or something. I don't know what you Yeah, call you're going it?
0: from in space to like a samurai period to where it's just you're a little more limited in a samurai period of doing like cool space travel and uh, communications through like radio. It's just you have a lot more at your, your fingertips to make the Cowboy Bebop universe.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I know you're not much of a jazz guy, all things considered. You know, I'm sure you can respect the music, but I Absolutely. and even me. I don't go out of my way to listen to jazz, but the inclusion of all of these different genres of fucking jazz music and the way that Yoko Kano, the goddamn legend that she is, and she fucking proved it to me watching the series, Cowboy Bebop is not a 10 out of 10 in most people's eyes without this exact soundtrack. I think it's great. I think the rest of it stands up amazingly. This soundtrack pushed it so far over the edge in so many ways. Do you agree? Uh, Yeah, well, a lot of it is by the Seatbelts,
0: because Tank, the uh, intro song that everyone knows and loves, and where way back when we started this podcast, I won because of that theme song being picked. Uh, And at the time, you had never really listened to it too much because you didn't watch the anime, but it is by the Seatbelts. And then you go through a lot of their ending themes for this show and a lot of other in-between soundtracks, and they'll all be by the Seatbelts. I'm actually looking at them right now and what episodes they show up in. Yeah, um, but add that with the jazz music that they have, it is, it is beautifully crafted. And as much as I'm not a jazz fan, if you add jazz into this anime, kind of going, it's kind of like fit the scenery, you know.
1: It sets the mood. Um, Jazz is great for setting moods because there's so many different tiny subgenres of jazz. If you need like fast, exciting, off-the-wall chaotic, oh, you got that. But if you need smooth and smoke lounge, oh, we got that too, baby. And if you need somber, you're about to cry, but it's like a, a real fucking heartfelt cry, baby, jazz has it all. And they used it in the prime perfect time every time. Yeah.
0: Just like cyberpunk edge runners. I love that show to death. And it plays like that punk type of music. I even got to a soundtrack after it because it got me such in the mood and set the scene. That is what Cowboy Bebop is doing as well. Those six episodes I watched, I was back in it when I heard the jazz. I'm like, oh, we're here. We're here now. You know, let me just let me just light this up over here. Let me sit back. Let me get a beer and I'm going to be right in it. You know what I'm saying?
1: Oh, yeah. And one thing I loved and I don't I can't speak to every episode. I don't know if it happened every episode, but it happened very often to where the episode title would be something along the lines of um let me see if I okay so I keep I, I use this episode as a reference for a lot of things, but the episode Heavy Metal Woman featured Heavy Metal Woman. featured heavy metal music very heavily in in the OST of that specific episode and they Yoko Kano did that for a lot of these episodes. It would be an episode title with a certain genre and then the episode would use that genre of music so perfectly and it it's like they chose the individual story for that episode because it fit like it fit the samba. It's like oh man, you y'all are it's like eight layers deep, but this is a massive onion of an anime, and I mean that in the best way possible.
0: A massive onion?
1: It is, man. It's got layers, you know? It's like a parfait as well. Parfait also has layers.
0: All right, I like that. But, yeah. Um, uh, so, so you want to get into characters or you still yeah. want to talk about that? Yeah, because I know you've probably been meaning to talk about some of these characters.
1: Yeah, I think that's all I have to say about the music. Any music heads want to talk to me. I'm not much of a theory guy, but I can I can work. I can struggle my way through a conversation. But if anybody wants to, like, get in the discord and educate me about the intricate works of this music, I'm all ears like hit me up. But yes, until then, we'll move on to characters.
0: Yeah, and so, it all has to start with the, the five members of the Cowboy Bebop, and I think we should just work through them. Of course,
1: absolutely. They're 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 the big the big they're the only real consistent characters throughout it, besides like Vicious and Julia. But they're they're very sprinkled in, you know. Yeah, a lot different than the live action, let me tell you that. (laughs) Yeah, after um, watching this and hearing, just hearing some things the live action did, I am mad. As a brand new Cowboy Bebop fan, I am mad, and I haven't even watched the live action. To be honest,
0: yeah, I remember watching it, but it had been a long time since I watched the original. I'm like, man, I don't remember it going like this at all, but it's not bad, you know, it's trying new things, and then... I'm like remembering like how much little like vicious and Julia were a part of it and like how things were all put out of order and I'm like holy shit they really did drop it
1: on this one they <laughs> they just
0: dropped that here oh man they so, did um, wow
1: this was actually bad
0: damn yeah And then the live action one piece is doing pretty much manga for manga and it's doing well isn't that funny.
1: Yeah, so. yeah, definitely shouts out to whoever's behind the one the one piece live action because from what I hear it's it's sticking to it. But we're not here to oh, talk yeah. about that.
0: No, so let's start off with the most goodest boy, the best ever, the the Welsh Corgi Ayn, pretty <laughs> much love. the heart and soul of this group. What do you think Look, of Ayn?
1: We'll get to Spike in a minute. He's not that important. Spike's
0: the last one. It ends with him. We're going to end the talk with him. Let's I, get on.
1: Ayn's great. So I I for a while I was taking episodic notes until I realized that that's going to leave me with so many fucking notes. Oh my god. But <laughs> yeah, in the, Exactly. In the second episode Stray Dog Strut where Ayn is introduced, all of my notes are fucking hyped for Ayn. Love this dog. <laughs> I will die and or kill for this dog. What a smart boy. What a good boy. Ayn was really the takeaway here. It was my last note.
0: <laughs> I like it when he's in the vehicle and he cuts the wheel himself because he knows what's going on. He has the brain of a human being. He's able to comprehend everything. I'm like, this dog just savagely drove this man out of the uh, out of the car. It was kind of crazy.
1: Yes. So uh, my favorite thing about Ayn and the storytelling behind him is you get told he's a data dog in the first episode and nobody really tells you what that is. All you know is that like, These people are trying really hard to find him. But the Bebop crew never takes it seriously because they're never told, like, Datadog, mind of a human. It's never brought up in the show explicitly, at least not more than, like, a passing comment. And then in episode 22, I want to say, it was the episode with the cult leader who was getting everybody to, like, turn into electricity or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. And... Uh Ed is trying to hack into into them and Ed can't like do it. And then Ayn puts on the fucking like the <laughs> VR headset. And again, never this is never said. It's so such a beautiful little piece of visual storytelling. Uh Jet is like, wow, Ed, you're going crazy. And you look, it pans to Ed, and Ed's not touching the computer at all. Ed's hands aren't on the keyboard at all. It's when Ayn is wearing the fucking headset. Ayn is hacking into this thing. I got you, boo. Nobody, uh, the only person that knows it's Ein is Ed, and Ein, obviously, but he's such an undervalued member, and the entire time, it's like he's just sitting there being a good boy, asking for food in his bowl, being a good little boof, and then it's like, oh yeah, he's a fucking data dog. What's a data dog? I don't know exactly, but it turns out he can hack into this thing that Super Hacker Ed wasn't even able to get into, so it must be something important right yeah so you get a 20 episode payoff for what a data dog is and i love it it's fucking great <clears throat> all right
0: well the next one would have to be talking about mr jack black jet black
1: i like jet jet's great um he's probably he's probably my third favorite i'd say if if you if we're gonna take like um, i take ayn and put him as like a separate category because how are that's you gonna... what i did technically
0: he goes as supporting the other four are the main cast
1: yeah like ayn's great don't get me wrong he's part of the bebop crew but other than that one like scene that i just mentioned he's he's just kind of there but i think that's the beauty of ayn is that he's just kind of there it is the until he's saving that's your all
0: ass. we need and all we care about
1: yeah, also the horror episode, Dog, the only one that realizes the space alien <laughs> is there. Like, classic, classic, yeah. love it. Um. So Jet is great because he's, like I mentioned earlier, where Spike is unable to forget his past, Jet is, while it hurts him and it kills him inside, he has made the decision to move the fuck on. And that's very... That's very profound as from a character, because you can tell, like, you know, Jet has his ex-lover that he obviously is still in love with, and none of that makes him change his mind. He gets multiple offers to come back to the police force, and he's decided, I don't know when, probably long before the series, that that's just not him anymore. That's not his life, and he's not going back. And for better or for worse, to be able to make that decision as a human, I mean shit man we've all whether it be like an ex-girlfriend that we've gotten back with or a boyfriend or whatever or just an old job that we went back to because of comfort or anything it's it's hard to move on completely from the past because you want those comforting things that's why nostalgia is so it's so marketable right now and that's why the only things we get in movies are remakes reboots. or sequels yeah or reboots from the fucking <clears throat> 80s because nobody everybody's afraid to to step out of their comfort zone. Yeah, and we have just, a writer strike. <laughs> yeah, like good for them. I, I I don't want to speak for everybody, but I'm I'm 100% behind the writer strike. I'm I'm
0: 50/50 cuz a... obviously like we just said there's been nothing but re- reboots and remakes so y'all writers haven't had to work that hard so uh maybe step it up and you'll get paid more, but that's me being kind of a cynic. So <laughs> that's, that's just, just your
1: pissy attitude coming. I get that. I feel that. Well, I it's kind of true, though. Like TV. you
0: said, stop making remakes and I'll, I'll defend you more.
1: <laughs> so I, I 100%. I agree with both of these statements. Go writer's strike, and also can we get an original fucking movie for once? There we God go. Damn. That, can we have both? Why not both? Yeah, maybe pay these people and give them like a fucking some benefits and they'll actually want to write good. I don't know. Either way, neither here nor yeah. there. I love Jet because he is that character that is that is 100% putting his past behind him, no matter how many times he's tempted, while every everybody else is searching desperately for uh, scraps of the past, whether it be in Spike's way of, you know, pretty much letting go until faced with the Syndicate and then being dragged right back in, or, or Faye in the complete opposite hand, where... She would like, you know, she has forgotten her past, but not in a willing way. And it, when something's stripped from you, it's, it's worse than choosing to get rid of it. So I love Jet. He's, he's the dad of, of the group. He pretends. He's the softest He's like boy. a dad and a mom
0: because he does all the cooking. He's just, he's just everywhere doing everything, taking care of every single person like a mother would, like always checking in on him, even though he's like, I don't care. He yeah. does care.
1: Oh, he cares so much. He's the softest of the Bebop crew the entire time. He's the one checking up on everybody, and like he's just he's the most emotional one. Which isn't saying much, I guess, but still it stands out. Absolutely. Okay, so now we go to our favorite Ed. Edward. Ed, um, so Ed is just my the manifestation of my brain and how it works if you've ever wondered what's going on up in earthworms head, most of the time it's that it's just ed just boofing around fucking ed 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 when you know the, every time ed hears a funny word and then starts to like say other words that are kind of similar to it. Mm -hmm. That's my, that's my brain. That's what's going on. Whatever potato, tomato, potato, tomato. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fucking awful. Um, I but it's great to see it in a character that's just having fun in Ed. It's like, oh man, I see myself in you, and well you're happy, so maybe there's hope for me. <laughs> no, Ed's just fun though. Like I, I liked Cowboy Bebop beforehand. Ed added a dynamic that was badly needed. And I don't say that as like you know, a cowboy bebop would have been a shit show, but to make a show become legendary such as cowboy bebop has you need you need all the facets you need all the parts and ed's inclusion added such a a unique lightheartedness to the show where shit could be going down things are bad we're about to blow up and ed's just like woohoo fucking messing around on the computer it's great No, that's what I was
0: going to say. And I know it says here it's only the English version, but I do remember that um, Ed would always refer herself in the third person. and At the time, I thought it was weird, but the longer I was around her in the show, the more it just added to all her like – quirky little like you know making rhymes with everything you know how she couldn't go anywhere without either crawling running doing handstands there was never a normal way of approaching anything and that's kind of Ed's mindset it's the most free character out of everyone um and was able to connect so easily with Ayn probably through other means meaning Ayn was technically you had a human-like brain and they had some kind of like communication that only them two understood, but I loved their bond and everything that they, you know, they stood for. And like you said, it was kind of that positive light. So yeah, I just truly enjoy Ed in every aspect.
1: Yeah. I, I love Ed and that's another thing. I'll never forgive the live action that I didn't watch. You're not going to add Ed. Like, come on. I, I how they do you. They did at the
0: end and that was, that was bad. It was bad.
1: Wasn't it like an after credit scene or some shit? Like the very last scene.
0: I just, I'm going to spoil it if anyone wants to watch the live action, but you know where they ended like the fifth episode of of, um, Spike falling out the church chapel? Yes. That's the ending of an entire season one where every episode was an hour long. And so that's where they ended the first season. And when Spike is not even wrapped up in bandage or being helped, he opens his eyes to see Ed in the street freaking out going all over the place acting like way too over the top trying to be ed like bringing an anime character into a live action and basically that's not how they meet at all it's not how it it was completely ass backwards and that's when you get to see ed and then it ends and you're like what was that supposed to do make us be like yeah i can't wait for season two it was so off-putting that in literally 20 seconds everyone said that's not my ed yeah and they were upset
1: I don't blame him. Like the entire Ed's character introduction is I mean, first of all, you get hacker Ed, you get all that thing.
0: Radical Ed,
1: yep. Yeah, but the the important part about that is Ed's capacity for friendship for things that may or may not be human. Uh you, you brought it up how Ed can connect with Ayn on a an emotional level, how no one else can. Well Ed in the first episode makes friends with a fucking supercomputer in a satellite calls it MPU, and is very sad when they can't take MPU with them. And that's that's the fucking whole foundation for Ed's character and what they're going to add to the Bebop crew. I don't think that the, the found family dynamic that everybody loves about Bebop is as glued tight as it is without Ed there. And that's why... I'm kind of skipping ahead because I wanted to talk about powerful scenes, but that's why when Ed fucking leaves leaves. at the end of of episode 23, it hurts so goddamn bad because not only are we losing it, me and you, we're losing our favorite character for the show. Even if there's only two episodes left, it's like, okay, it's still a bummer, but the, I mean, Spike starts off going, I hate kids, and then you can tell he's doing everything he can. He hates dogs and kids. He's doing everything he can. To not ball his eyes out when he's looking at the uh the goodbye message, it's uh it, yeah it, that you're gonna you can't just add Ed in. It's not about just adding a quirky, goofy, fun-loving, eccentric character. It's about what they add to the to the dynamic of the group. And that first Ed introduction is such a great spotlight into this is what this character is going to bring to the fucking table. It just it shows it right there, and it follows up on it. Man, that live action sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with Dan, bro. Fuck that shit. I ain't even giving it the time of day.
0: Yeah, I, I just gave it a time of day. Like I said, I was, it was my way of trying to intro my wife into watching something that it was an anime, now made live action. And I'm realizing that was probably the worst
1: one to, to, to do. Babe, we're watching Dragon Ball Evolution. <laughs> oh god,
0: that maybe that's the worst. Never mind. Yeah. But uh no. Those are all great points, and um definitely hundred percent that Ed was almost like the heart and soul um of that group. So let's go on to the next one, the one that you deemed not that attractive, not really into, but everyone's favorite girl, and that is Faye Valentine.
1: Yep. Yeah, so I did mention that there's a good chance after I watch it my, my thoughts and feelings might change. That didn't happen. Faye, Faye, <laughs> oh, okay, here we go. I don't think Faye's a bad character. I re- I like her character arc. I love the whole, like, I don't know my past thing, um, and I'm sad about it. That memory's being lost. That is unbelievably tragic. Mm-hmm. But that being said, after watching it, I still don't see her as the unbelievably sexy femme fatale that I have to get my hands on, even if I think I might get my throat slit. I don't see it. I don't um, think she'd slit your throat though. No, but you know what I mean? Like it that's supposed to be the the attraction of Faye is that she's very beautiful and enticing, but also she's dangerous. And that's the that's the fun. That's what people like about Faye. It's kind of like what people like about Revy. It's like, yeah, she's hot, but she can also shoot a fucking pigeon from a mile away with a with a nine millimeter. You know? So there's it's the whole package. I don't I see why people like that about Faye. I just I'm not there. I don't think she's a bad character. I I don't I don't think she ruined the show. I think she added a bunch of great dynamics. But am I a Faye Valentine guy now? I no. I'm I'm about the same level as where I was before watching it. At least now I I know and can like actually respect her character arc. But as far as the the actual attraction to Faye Valentine I'm sorry, y'all, but she's still only okay to me. Simply okay. Yeah, now her her character arc and stuff, again, is is great. And- yeah,
0: I, w- I wanted to touch on a little bit about her character, because, you know, beauty aside and whatever, uh, her character writing was actually phenomenal in my way, because... I think we all take for granted that what makes every one of us individually unique is our own memories we've had with either somebody, friends, family, and let's just say you wipe that all away, what are you? Who are you? What is your identity if you don't even have any memory of anything you've ever done in your life? Think about that. That's the the thing where you're almost saying she's trying to find her past while you know Jet's trying to forget his past. And you got Spike, you know, reliving it like all the time. Trying to she fix just wants it. to have yeah, she wants to just have something. And in between there and her own like personal episodes, there's like I'm pretty sure there's a point where somebody that she remembers back uh back in her she, younger years or before she was she, like she put, meets
1: somebody from high school who is now old and in a wheelchair who, rem- right. who recognizes Faye.
0: Yes. But I remember she got betrayed by someone that was close to her. Well, only one person that she was close to that had to do with the cryogenic freezing. And I forgot who it was, but I'm pretty sure like he sold her out.
1: Oh, no. Okay. So this was it was the guy it was one of it was the guy who like I think he was a lawyer or something when she woke up from being cryogenically frozen. Exactly. She she, she ended
0: up having a three hundred million dollar debt.
1: Yeah, yeah, he ended up, like, dying, and he left her his assets, but it was all debt. There was no actual assets, (laughs) which was a funny way to end an otherwise very emotional episode. Exactly, but this is where, like,
0: why she just doesn't trust people and why she's constantly always lying, because truly, like she says, the only one you can trust in the end is yourself. Yeah, And I would normally look at characters like that and be like, my God, they they just don't I don't understand them. Like, this is so dumb, blah, blah, blah. But then I really had to keep thinking about it uh, as it keeps going on is that you have no memories whatsoever. And I just don't know. I think about it like what makes me, me is like through all the memories of what you and I have had in the past, meeting my wife, you know, getting married, all these things. Imagine everything is gone. Who are you now? What do you have that makes you, you? And, uh, I'm like, damn, that girl is hurting inside. So I can understand.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the only thing that you didn't bring up that I want to talk about, and it's something that made me very annoyed with Faye, but also something that made her a very good character. So I don't I'm not saying this is a, it was a bad choice, but the fact that she was always running, she was the runner. She was the first one to abandon the crew, even if it wasn't permanent. You know, it was always, oh, where's Faye? I don't know. Um, She might be back. She might not. It happened multiple times throughout the show. But that speaks mm-hmm. to her having no past and trust the issues, ab- you know, the abandonment issues that come with that, you know, because like you said, the first person that she really was able to trust after after she fucking was unfrozen ended up being kind of a douchebag and sold her out. And so having no past, the only kind of experience you have is somebody betraying you. Yeah. Being reluctant to. To stay with a group of bounty hunters that just have kind of let you hang out here, but haven't outwardly gone out of their way to, to make you feel welcome. I can see you dipping. But in, in the same oh, yeah. breath, it's like, well, the fact that they didn't go out of their way to try to make her feel welcome was kind of what ended up making her feel comfortable to come back. Because it's like, if these people are exploiting me, I mean, they're just going to tell me they're doing it. Like, they're not going to fucking lie to me about it. Look at these fucking douchebags.
0: <laughs> look at these douchebags.
1: Yeah, so she wasn't worried about any underhanded deceitfulness, which, again, another layer is she is the underhandful, underhanded deceitful person. That's how she gets what she wants. You know, the femme, that goes with the femme fatale of, I'm sexy, you want me, look at my body, I stabbed you in the penis, now I'm taking your money. It all happened oh, so fast. <clears throat> you know, I got Cardi B. I didn't see it coming. I got Cardi B. <laughs> so, yeah, as much as I'm not like attracted to Faye, she's not like one of my waifus or whatever. She's a great character, you know? Can't hate on her. Yeah. All right.
0: So that leads to our final member, where it all starts and then ends uh, Mr. Spike Spiegel.
1: Mr. Spike Spiegel. Uh, Mr. Arrogant. Mr. Selfish. Mr. Is he number
0: two on your favorite since you said, I'm guessing yeah. Faye's
1: your last? Okay. Yeah, all right. So since since I've talked about them all besides Spike, I'll go down. It is, again, with Ayn being in his own special category of exactly. best floofy yep. boy, we have Ed, Spike, Jet, and then Faye at the end. Okay. Yeah. Um, Spike's great, man. Spike is such an interesting character because if there's one thing Spike is not, Spike's not a hero. I don't think Spike... Comes off as a hero. Now he might do heroic. No, I don't. Things. Th- I never
0: thought he was. I don't think a lot of people think he's a hero. That's the point. Yeah.
1: No, but is he an anti-hero? I also don't think so. I think Spike is no such a neutral in such an interesting way. Like if you try, if you start a D anD D campaign and you want to play like a neutral person, you'll find that you end up doing a lot more good than bad because you know even. If, you might not be If someone of- asks
0: for help, he's more likely to help than if all he's not going to do like what you would think in a video game be like no, go fuck
1: yourself. Yeah, you know? or when faced with, you know, a 500 million Wulong bounty on a guy or you know that guy has like five kids that he's been trying to feed and that's how he racked up the bounty, Spike's going to like light up a cigarette and go, "What do you mean? I never saw you here." it's, just, it's something he's going to choose to do the right thing even if he's not out to do the right thing. Right. But yeah, he's he has a bunch of shitty character qualities and I don't think that again, that doesn't make him a bad character. That adds to his great character. Like Spike is unbelievably selfish and he shows it throughout the entirety of the show. It's yeah, he'll he'll he you're right, he will help a guy out if he's presented with it and he's essentially got nothing else going on. But then he gets into situations whenever anything comes up about fucking Julia or Vicious, he will oh, abandon yeah. whatever he's doing to go deal with that. And, and
0: Jet, like, who's been working with him for so long, always just wants him to kind of explain just a little bit, and he's just like, nope. And he just goes and does it, and every time, usually Jet was there.
1: Yep, Jet sticks behind him no matter what, even if he keeps saying, fine, go, I don't care. I'll, I won't be here when you come back. Who's the guy who who's going to be waiting for him when he comes back? It's fucking Jet. Yep. That's why we love Jet. But, like, it's all these shitty character qualities that make up Spike Spiegel. And he oh, at the same time, he's this unbelievably smooth, cra- crazy, like, badass, like we were talking before recording. but
0: Bruce Lee-type I, fighting,
1: bruh. I think, I think, He does G-Kundo. G-F, yeah. But I, th- I think that John Wick takes a bunch of inspiration from Spike Spiegel. Call me crazy, if you will, but I genuinely think that there's the dna of spike all throughout john wick and that's especially now that the two creators are doing a piece together
0: yeah i was telling you that it kind of works because when you say john wick and then you think that the the director creator is doing uh an anime with the creator of cowboy bebop that's kind of crazy and cool at the same time
1: yeah so i see uh, just like the dna of john wick of that unbeatable badass like who a guy who is quite literally willing to take a throwing knife to the leg to continue to charge his foe and act like it doesn't hurt him at all, you know, gets shot 18 times and just keeps on trucking type of mentality. That's all throughout Spike. um, And that, you know, that determination, that's another thing that makes him just a wonderful character. It's like he's everybody's favorite shithead, Spike Spiegel. Mm-hmm. And, like, I hope people don't think I'm, like... Trying to shit on the character because I love all that about him. How he's just—he's lit. He's a cowboy. I mean, fuck. We we all played Red Dead Redemption too. We all love Arthur Morgan, even though he's not Arthur Morgan. You could try to make
0: him like a good person, but at the beginning, you have you kind
1: of are an ass, a dickhead. You know, you've how many people has Arthur killed before you showed up? How many people did he kill (laughs) after you showed up? I'm gonna tell you, it's a lot. It's fucking both a lot. Spike has no problem. Murdering a guy in a spaceship, that's shooting after him, and he doesn't think twice about it. But if he's you remember presented- when he killed
0: the lady and her fanal- uh, fanatic cult followers, and he threw the like put the device in her pocket that yes. would literally
1: go off. Yeah, I loved it—the little sleight of hand he did. Oh yeah, I mean Jesus Christ, dude! Well, you want to talk about this? His sleight of hand score is like a plus ten, at least. Yeah, if he it's- was
0: in D anD D, that boy would be able to pickpocket anybody.
1: And that's that's the he's this smooth shithead that like you love him from afar, but if you get into dealings with him, next thing you know, you he took five bucks from your wallet because he needed to get on the train. He left most of your money, but he took a little bit because he was hungry, you know, and like needed to get somewhere. It's he's so he's so cool in such a, I mean, it's perfect nineties counterculture. Mm -hmm. He's the perfect rebel, I'd say.
0: So with that being said, and pretty much all the main cast and all that, you have a couple of other characters that show up a little bit, and they all mostly have to do with Spike's past. That being Vicious and Julia. There's also Yen and Ren or something like
1: that, right? Those those it's guys a are Lin also kinda... and Shin. I have also... Lin and
0: Shin. I don't know Yen, Ren, <laughs> Lin, Shin. They're they're just all rhyming. So it's
1: been and, a minute. And that's another part of the beauty of Cowboy Bebop is we've all talked about all these intense. Fucking emotional moments, all of these great character pieces, and and it, tragic backstories, and then you have a moment where it's like, "Hi, I'm Lin's brother Shin. We look identical," and it's like, "What the fuck, dude? You you can't just do something that goofy in a series like, it's like this? Like Beerfest? I'm yeah, exactly. just like my brother. Like could you, you never even lost him. <laughs> That's my first thought. It's like, could you guys call me Lin, and it'd be like Lin never left." <laughs> <laughs> And that's it's, okay. It's cr- and that goes into this whole like it's this new genre called Cowboy Bebop, where it's this dirty, grimy cowboy series. But then it also has these goofy ass comedy moments where you have a guy who is his twin brother and named the thing just so you didn't have to introduce like a brand new character. It's just like <laughs> it's ve- it's yep. it's goofy and it plays it adds to it most of the time you do something like that and it it takes away but very much in like why i love jojos the more ridiculous and over the top you can add something in and kind of weave it in naturally almost the better the better it'll play off but yeah so so we got what vicious julia were there any other kind of reoccurring characters
0: I think Annie was in only two episodes, like the beginning episode, and then okay, the ending, yeah. of course, when Julia and Spike are having their encounter with the Syndicate. Uh, but other than that, I'd say Julia and, um, yeah, Vicious were probably the others that had some, probably like four or five episodes in. And I would like to say, personally, I would like a little bit more of Vicious. Um one thing I'd say the live action tried to do was try to really show what happened between Spike and Vicious. And then like when when he came into the crime syndicate, instead of just seeing like a couple like pans over of them back to back shooting or, you know, passing each other. I don't remember every. There was very few scenes. I would have liked maybe like another like five minutes of like a little scene where you could see when Vicious and, Uh, spike kind of were on friendlier terms the live action was horrible and it went a completely different direction and and the actor playing vicious sucked but i just (laughs) wanted a little bit more because much like the new Trigun stampede did it gave you more of knives who was the main antagonist to vash and kind of like spike and vicious you see them as the protagonist antagonist that's how it's always was yeah presented to me. So I just would have liked a little bit more vicious cuz he already has that badass like I do what I want. He uses a katana to kill people. I mean, come on now. It's just I wanted a little bit more depth to him.
1: So I I could take a little bit more vicious on his own, but I I yeah, would genuinely yeah. argue that the fact that you don't get anything behind Spike and Vicious's backstory besides the few dialogless flashback scenes I think that kind of adds to the whole thing that we were already talking about, where even the Bebop crew doesn't know about Spike's past. They know he they kind of know he was part of the Red Dragon So they're basically like the
0: the listeners don't get to know. The viewers don't get to know either.
1: (laughs) I I think that has something to do with it. And I think that plays into the mystery of Spike. It's to where it's nobody knows other than Spike. And ultimately, at least in my opinion, ultimately, he takes it to the grave of everything that they went through. All you know is that this was his friend. He Spike wanted to get out. Vicious wanted to rule. And it's a kind of a classic um, crime the the story. Yeah, you know, Julia didn't think she could leave. Spike left anyway and has constant regrets about leaving Julia. And then, you know, it's it's a very classic story. And you could kind of piece a lot of it together. But I think knowing the intric- not knowing the intricate de- details kind of adds to the whole Spike being a mysterious, badass, cool guy.
0: Right. But no, other than that, Vicious, yeah, he's just someone that wants to rise up in the crime syndicate. He's very mad that Spike left and is mad at Julia for basically trying to leave with him. Uh, But that's about it. And I'd say that I wanted to see a little bit more, but I liked him. Um, Now, when we get to the aspect of Julia, though, how do you feel about Julia's character?
1: I mean, there was really no character. She was exactly. I, I don't think anybody can argue that Julia had a true character to herself, unless it's something that you really have to you really have to take some time and, and study. And if there is character behind it that I just didn't see, okay, sure. I'm not going to argue that there wasn't, but from what I noticed is she was really just there to be Spike's past calling back to him for better or for worse, you know, and I don't think, I think she played that part very well, you know, it's, it. everybody has that love of their life, whether or not you're married to them, or you left them back in a in a crime syndicate, and you think about them every day, you have hmm. somebody like that, who you always want to go back to, Um, if you're not with them already, and I think she played that part well, but did she, like, do I, th- there's no spin-off of Julia that I'm super interested in right now, if you're going to, you have to create a whole character for her for her to stand on her own, and from that's where what she they is. try
0: to do in the live
1: action. <laughs> Very much so, from what I heard, and it's it's. I mean, again, she tries talking... to
0: take over the crime syndicate herself. Boom! Like I, Doesn't and that and make I a did... lot of sense? Isn't the, that great?
1: <laughs> sure. And like the people who said like the the creators really didn't understand what Cowboy Bebop was going for after watching it and everything I've heard, I I'm inclined to agree because you're saying they tried to add. To Julia's story and while I'm not saying that there's no there's no story for Julia to be to be in I think that that that's the specialty it's that Julia is not necessarily a character is that she is just supposed to be spikes past and almost a phantom a mirage and then when you finally get to see her you get the realization that she is real and like that Spike has been chasing after something that he could actually hold on to. And then it's ripped right away from him real quick. She's yep. It's probably the, the term fridging is a term used for killing a character just to affect another character. I think it was in a Green Lantern comic where they like killed his girlfriend and stuffed her in a fridge. And it had the only reason she died was to fuck with the Green Lantern. So while I think that Julia's death could be considered what we might call fridging, I think it's probably one of the best examples of a character who was killed solely to affect another character.
0: Yeah, and I think it was also to play back to the first episode that had foreshadowing exactly. of when Spike Seed Laughing uh bully said, You're gonna see a woman and that woman will be the cause of your death. Well, no, no shit. It was Julia. Because even oh, yeah. though she died because of that, he had to now go find vicious and end this once and for
1: all where they both will probably die. That was and... his last moment to finally walk away. If he could have taken Julia with him, he could have escaped. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So you know who my favorite side character is, though, out of all of the side characters we had? And uh, I don't know if you remember him. It. I don't know. I hope you remember him. Uh, it's Andy, the cowboy.
0: Yeah, actually, he shows up here on some of the like main supporting characters,
1: probably because the... he's loved. But right here, Von de Anjante, Andy. I love Andy. I'm watching it with Kelly, and I look over at her at one point, and I'm like, is this what? people think Americans are? Is this what the Japanese He's always think with Americans his mare named Onyx. <laughs> yeah, and that, oh my god, he's so over the top, and it's it's this comedy that just wa- wa- fucking works its way into Cowboy Bebop and this crazy, somber narrative. You have a guy who, you know, it's called Cowboy Bebop, and Spike is the quintessential cowboy of 2077. You know, this is what a cowboy is now. But then you have Andy, who's like an actual cowboy cowboy like from the 1800s like dressed up riding a horse he's a member like, of
0: the ymca young man's cowboy association
1: <laughs> <laughs> he fucking ride he, he rides an elevator with his horse like riding his horse goes up <laughs> an elevator. i remember that scene i remember that scene walks into a party and it like and the whole time he actually has no idea what's going on like he could first of all shouts out to the ted kaczynski guy teddy bomber like that's fucking hilarious like they just did it, whatever. Yep, but they didn't care. Andy walks in and he looks at Spike and he's like, "I found you, Teddy Bomber. Time to go away." And Spike's like, dude, are you stupid?" And Andy's like, "I don't <laughs> trust. I go off a of gut instinct." And he's, I think it's very much what Japanese people, at least in '98, thought American <laughs> attitudes were like. It's like, Haha, I don't Do you need know what Map episode done. that was. Um, it was one of the later ones. I literally watched it today. Um, So it must have been okay, episode so it wasn't that 20, that it was in epi- It was 20-something.
0: Well, it's just funny because I'm reading this little, like, cool information about Cowboy Bebop when it first aired in the spring of 1998 on TV Tokyo. Only episodes 2, 3, 7 through 15, and 18 were broadcasted because it was due to the anime censorship at the time being increased following the big controversy that was over Evangelion. Interesting. So we got it in America in 2001. We got all of it, but they didn't even get the whole entire thing. And I thought they would have the, the cowboy episode in Japan because they want to make fun of you know, America maybe, but I think because it was the Teddy bomber, it was yep. like in Japan, that's a no go. So they didn't yeah. release that episode either. So that's just crazy that you're saying in that. And then I'm reading that they only allowed
1: him to like watch twelve episodes, maybe ten. Now, I didn't even think about that because it makes sense. So even Galleon had an episode pulled because there was an act of terrorism in Japan. Yep. I think it was a bridge bombing or something and in the episode of A. It's too too they close had to planned, home for him. Yeah, they had literally planned a fucking angel to come down and destroy like a, a almost an identical f- happenings to what happened in real life. So they went hard on the censorship. And now that I think about it, at least half of Cowboy Bebop episodes had acts of terrorism.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that I, and, makes and, and a lot think... of sense maybe it's because they only got pieces of it but it's not really regarded that well in Japan that people don't yeah. really like it there but you come to America we love the gritty we like the terrorism and, and seeing everything like through the watchful eye of like corporations being corrupt and crime syndicates and space adventures I mean hell America is where Star Wars was like yeah. big you know what I mean when it, so it's it makes sense but yeah in Japan it is not that
1: well received no and I think it's because it goes into the name Cowboy Beba up, you know, I think it I, I think that this is the quintessential space western. Say what you will about Star Wars being a space western. I think cowboys. Trigon's up,
0: also somewhat grounded, but it is kind of still to me a space. It's adventure. the same,
1: it's that same vibe where it's it it has that western feel where Yeah. I mean uh, Westerns were very at least the TV shows, you know, there wasn't long-running narratives in these fucking John Wayne fucking well, John Wayne was more of a movie guy, but John Wayne's style tv shows it was a a sheriff or an outlaw that would ride across the land and write things that were wrong one thing at a time and then leave never to be seen again you know that's that's cowboy bebop that's 100 percent. and we as americans are predisposed to love that narrative of the dirty kind of anti-hero going around reluctantly doing the right thing like that's what we love that is our shit so it makes sense that Cowboy Bebop popped off. But after you saying that they got less than half the episodes in Japan, I don't know. I mean, granted, like we said... When it was first released, I don't know if they got released I'm like a sure. year later or something. But yeah, it definitely
0: didn't have a good, smooth opening.
1: Yeah, at this point, yeah, if you're in Japan, I'm sure you can find a way to watch the entirety of Cowboy Bebop pretty easy. But yeah, when it aired, you don't get that beauty... The, the whole package put together, and even though it is an episodic show, I think having, like we said earlier, each episode pu- you know puzzles together a little bit, pieces the puzzle together a little bit, and it becomes this beautiful tapestry. Uh, and you don't get that if you have to skip episodes four through five, four to five, and then 17, all the, you know, whatever it was. Anyway. Mm-hmm. That all was talking... That that stemmed from a conversation about Andy. I love Andy. He's my favorite side character, and then at the end of the episode where he he changes into a samurai, that's fucking... Yes, I laughed so hard. <laughs> Call me Musashi. It's like you are... He's a rich white boy who has too much money for his own good. He is the David Arquette of, of Cowboy Bebop.
0: Absolutely, and I was going to say, so... Before we start gradually getting to our final like thoughts of this and all that, I know you want to talk about certain scenes, certain things because you know it's a lot of episodic type of things. That you know, not all of Cowboy Bebop is basically the A to B storyline of Spike and whatnot. It's all these different episodes flung together with their adventures. So, what ones stick out to you that you want to touch on before getting to the final thoughts? You know?
1: Yeah. So I guess I'll bring up. I'll try to go in chronological order the best I can, but who the fuck knows? Um, So obviously the first episode uh was a great probably one of the best first episodes I've seen in anime. Not only was it great on its own very good. I mean that could have been an OVA. If you would have put that out as an OVA and that's all we got, I'd be I think we'd all be kind of okay with that, you know, out of all the yeah. multiverses. Uh but it's the ending. That Wait a minute. Really... Hold 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 on for a second. I
0: what? don't know. I saw someone on Discord say that I only liked the first episode because of nostalgia. Are we saying that someone that had never watched it before loved that first episode and it was amazing yeah oh yeah oh Without my god so maybe it isn't nostalgia maybe food someone for was thought. saying that you liked
1: it for <laughs> nostalgia because you again you watched yeah. it when you were in i think fucking- it, no, i'll
0: i'll name them they love it uh but on our discord we got a guy named random bob man and he likes to stir the pot. And I just posted because I had started the first episode to try to see if I could catch up to you. But I just knew with our timing, it wasn't going to work for me. And I watched that first episode again. I'm like, holy shit! I forgot how good this first episode just sets the scene, gets it going, and I was into it. And then he, he just responded. Seems like nostalgia talk, and he sent like a smoking man kind of joke. <laughs> oh film. yeah, and I know. And the, I, I know held on to that. And. That, yeah, And then I'm thinking of what you just said. It's like, you know, that first episode was amazing. I'm like, wait a minute, but you've never watched it before. It can't but, be nostalgia. So I just want to make that known. Oh, uh, uh, man, you that, wild, That's funny. You wild, baby. What, uh, man. What, you, what you doing? You, you uh, go
1: lose, boy. <laughs> no, I, I, hey, I, I genuinely think that first episode is great. Um, I think it can Absolutely. stand up on its own. But I think what it did the best is establish what kind of show Cowboy Bebop was going to be. I think that's what a first episode should really do, unless you're going for a a crazy tonal shift. Um, but Cowboy Bebop wasn't. They said this is the show. If you watch the first episode, I think you get 100 of the vibes of what Bebop is going for. Maybe minus some of the more light-hearted comedy moments. But
0: mm-hmm. even
1: then, I think those are just a little treat. That's kind of the cherry on top of of the structure of Cowboy Bebop. So anyway. The first episode, absolutely outstanding. Uh, and there's a common theme here. It's it, episodes with crazy, like, somber, intense endings. You brought it up earlier, but the episode where they have the eco-terrorists and mm-hmm. Spike slips the toxin into the, lady's per- into the lady's pocket and it slips out and breaks and then they're all going to essentially revert back to monkeys, what they were trying to do to yep. the public, you know? So that was crazy and and it, I love that it never showed them reverting back to monkeys like you saw the vial break in the lady's face and then you were it, the show didn't feel like it needed And they were to like trapped you.
0: in this like space and time and it's like that's what you get.
1: <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's like you know what happened. And and Cowboy Bebop loves doing the you know what happened. We're not going to tell you We'll endings. see you space
0: cowboy. Mhm.
1: Mhm. Um let's see. I liked uh I keep going back to the episode of Heavy Metal Woman. Because I think it was, it was just cool. I I don't think it wasn't the most, it wasn't the most heartfelt ending or something that was tragic, but something about the woman who was just kind of living her life, hated bounty hunters, and then Spike guessing her name at the end. Like, first of all, it goes to show how, how socially adept Spike is and how great his perception skills are. And second of all, it was just kind of a, a little look into, I, you know, I have a past. Like everybody in Cowboy Bebop, we have a past, but this lady has was trying to move on and she was able to let go of everything but the hate. And after meeting Spike, she was able to let go of the hate for bounty hunters because at the end of the day, like that's yeah, it might have been the work, the line of work that her husband was in when he got killed, but it's like that's she's not mad at bounty hunters. She's mad because she doesn't have her husband anymore, and she needed an outlet. So she turned to hatred towards bounty hunters, and that was that. Uh, right. So, great little, great little fucking little story there. I did think. Did you my... like
0: that story about the uh, the clown type of guy, or did you not like that episode too much? Where like it showed that like shadow fight between him and Spike, where you didn't see the fight, but you saw what was happening through a shadow, which was kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, it wasn't one of my more favorite episodes. I think the action—it's one of the favorites a lot of people loved, though. So I think it's because it really—the action in that episode is fucking phenomenal. Some of, some of the best action in the series, and I—we haven't talked much about the action pieces, but there's no shortage of them, Uh, and I think that's one of the better ones. Not a personal favorite of mine, but I do completely understand why people like it. Um. We have the obvious episodes where the episode where you meet Ed, but we've already kind of talked about mm-hmm. that one. Shouts out to MPU. Uh, I accept our AI overlords. Let's go. Uh, but um, I think my favorite episode, genuinely, and, that, and this includes all the episodes with Spike and Vicious and all that, I think my favorite episode was the one with the Chess Master. The Chess Master? Yes. So they're trying to find... It's this, like... I'm having a hard time remembering that one. So it's this conglomerate in this company that has an old, like, programmer that used to work for them that knows a bunch of, like, secret codes and and stuff that could really ruin this company. And oh, this, okay. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, it's the old man who's just playing chess, and, like, they they find out that this person kind of is around so the Bebop crew ends up finding them. Turns out that he's old and senile and the only thing he remembers to do at this point is play chess. So Jet at the end yeah. is like, I don't want a bounty. Just do me a favor and don't don't hurt the old man. Just let him live. And it turns out the reason Jet did that was because Ed had started playing chess against this person virtually. And Jet said, we can't let Ed lose her favorite chess partner. Exactly. Giving up all that Damn. money damn choosing ed over material like that's that's the prime example of jack and you know i love
0: chess man it brings us all together you know that's what i'm trying to tell people we need to play chess more often
1: like, that's, that's Jet being that mom and dad of the group where it's like, I'm choosing my kind of my child's happiness over whatever 30 million Wulongs, $300,000. Like, that's yeah. a lot of fucking money. And there's and a lot of
0: times where they get a chance to get the bounty and it either falls on their face or the bounty goes away
1: and a whole bunch of different things. It's kind of like crazy. So many times. But then at the end of the episode, that's not even the end. you have You find out Ed's been playing one game of chess for an entire week which is wonderful. I love that. Uh, The guy finally beats her and then lays back and dies. He finally found someone that could compete with him in chess and make him really work his mind. And he was satisfied with that and he felt comfortable enough to die after. Like, that's some Mm. shit. Like, you left him alive. Not only is it, like, that, all that, but at the end of the day, like, logically, Jet could have just Had the man killed, like he what got him an extra six hours at best, but it was that little extra time he was doing it for Ed, and then the old man's just like, All right, peace out. I'm gonna head out now. It's that, right? There's no like, it's not, there's no happy endings, but it's like, Oh, it's kind of like you just sit back and go, Well, son of a bitch, and I love that feeling. So, that's probably my favorite episode, a very Ed centric episode. Uh, and then we have all the obvious ones where, you know, I loved the, the last two, the the folk, the folk blues something or another. I can't remember the exact name, but where Spike wraps up his fucking conversation. Uh, when Ed leaves, that's the saddest ending of all time. Doesn't say goodbye. I just goes and it's like, we, do we don't even know if Ed is actually with their father or not. Like, we don't know if she found him. He's, it's, yeah, yeah, she's with her father. She's, I hope fine. so. I fucking hope so, because there's no confirmation, and that's what Cowboy Bebop loves to do to us. It's like, hey, uh, yeah, that would logically make sense, but you don't know. Ed could be wandering the deserts of Earth right now, because uh, you saw her dad. He fucking dipped the second a meteor hit. Like, in my mind, Ed is still having trouble finding her dad. And I hope to shit that she does, but I can't guarantee it. Ah, uh, so yeah. One of my
0: favorite that wasn't the main one was the uh, Shrooms episode. Um, Shrooms episode was great. Where they take was an great. ode from, um, I, I don't know, like an Afro kung fu guy. It was like a 1980s film and all that stuff. They have like an Afro uh, dude that like literally is a bounty hunter, I believe. but also He's a, involved... he's a mushroom
1: grower. He's a drug dealer, yeah, essentially. Inv- okay,
0: it was involved the drug dealings of mushrooms, and then that ended up getting into the the food that everyone was trying and i thought that episode was one of the best to ever come out uh, i think i showed you clips of that like when spike's going up the the stairway oh, yeah. to heaven but really yeah, you he's just me that stepping one. in one spot and ed's watching with ayn just like like i'm not gonna take it i'm just gonna watch everyone else take it
1: <laughs> when ayn eats it at first and then he just stiffens up and starts hopping everywhere <laughs> 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 oh, that's yeah. a good episode. The- that's a fun episode. And I know you're not crazy about this one, but I think it speaks to the episodic nature that you weren't hyped about when you watched it first. But I really like the horror episode. And that's probably. I know because you do, but you
0: like horror. I'm I'm all set, you know?
1: I'm a horror fan, and again, speaking to Cowboy Bebop doing whatever the fuck it wants. <clears throat> everybody died at the end of that episode. I don't know if I've already said that or if that was before recording, but everybody died and then they just moved on and said we're just going what don't worry about every yes everybody died in the last episode but it's a cartoon and we can do whatever we want so guess what we're moving that wasn't
0: canon don't worry about it
1: yeah it's like what the fuck like there's no explanation even at the i watched the end you know the little like what's going on next episode thing that they do at the end of the credits i watched that to see if they were going to acknowledge it and ed's just like and then everybody died and Jet and Spike are like, what do you mean? No, we're alive. We're fine. And Ed's like, it's so sad. They're just going to float through space for the rest of eternity. Spike's like, that's not what's happening. So it was very <laughs> it's like cute. telling a story, yeah. It was very cute, but I love. And I, my buddy, Robbie, our buddy, Robbie, our stepbrother, we talk about him all the time. Uh, he said that Space Dandy did the same exact thing, also made by the same creator. Of There was like I, I, an episode where at the end, everybody fucking died. And then the next episode, they're just back in the spaceship like nothing happened. Right. It's fucking. It's great. I love it. Um. But those are the only. Those are all the episodes that really stuck out to me for sure. Um. As far as like the episodic natured ones.
0: All right. Well, good shit, man. I mean, I think what really needs to be talked about now is like what you think as a first time watcher, first time viewer. I mean, I think you're going to have the overall final thoughts here and explain what your rating will be and what you loved about it. So before you do that, I'm just going to come on here and say what I think now that I've gotten to re kind of listen to everything. Now I've got a lot more anime under my belt. I've watched the live action, watch it get butchered. I've watched six episodes of the beginning of the anime and thought damn i really should watch this again which i'm probably going to just keep uh, watching you know. it in
1: your free time dude honestly exactly it's so, it's so worth I, I watched just putting two on.
0: episodes with devin because you know we were waiting for like something to go on with football i think the night before and he's like dude this is such a good show and i'm sitting there like yeah man i didn't give he it watched it before a fair shot oh yeah he watched okay. it back in high All school right. so he loved it back then me i watched it recently it wasn't as big of a fan watching it now again, I'm like, man, it actually had some good points. So he already did love it. So I'm sure he'd just love it again. Um, He said he would love to see it remade, not like change anything, but just a newer animation because he wants to see what it looked like. I understand that because we said that with Yu Yu Hakusho. So I'm not going to say it's not a good idea. I think it could be if it's exactly the same way. And I mean, all the actors are still alive and still able to act. Yeah. If you're going to
1: do it, you have to do it before Steve Bloom dies.
0: Exactly. But that being said, I will say I'm going to change my grade just now, just through watching six episodes, watching some of the summaries, listening to you talk about it and realizing that I need to give it a second shot, though I never give myself that with every show because sometimes I've made up my mind like (coughs) fully coolly. But other than that. (laughs) I'd say that I'm going to go from a seven to an eight because I think it's very good. I still don't like every episodic uh, episode. I think that there's a lot in there that I just didn't need to have, but there are a lot of good episodes. And I think once I finish this, I'm probably going to give it a nine or keep it at an eight, but it definitely deserves a higher grade than I gave it. So that is my change. That's where I'm going from here. A truly timeless show. Uh, But now it's time to hear the man of the hour and what he really thinks of everything. Mr. Earthworm. How was Cowboy Bebop and what do you give it?
1: Uh, so I want to start off by saying uh, a special shout out to whoever made the decision over at Toonami to bring Cowboy Bebop onto the American airwaves. because, uh, Yeah, whoever decided that, oh, this show that really didn't get popular in Japan is perfect for late night TV once one episode a night. Because it truly, truly the fuck is. This is, it makes so much sense to me why everybody's story about Cowboy Bebop is, I used to watch it at one o'clock in the morning when I couldn't sleep on Toonami when I was in high school, or I something along those lines. If I was a kid, it was on TV, and I watched it that way. Because of this episodic nature that we're talking about, it's not just a I mean, we, I don't like shitting on JoJo's, but part three, episodic stand of the week, it was really Iraqi saying, I want to make fun powers and we're going to have a grand old time. Hoot-dee-doot-dee-doo. That was not what Cowboy Bebop was. Every episode was masterfully crafted to have its own narrative to where if you are awake at 1, 2 in the morning and you end up, end up stumbling across this anime, you can watch one episode and say, wow, that was really good. I have no idea who any of these people are, but I feel like I know them to an extent because it wasn't like you, Spike was looking at Vicious every episode going, I'll never forget what you did to me last week. And Vicious is like, ah, yes, but that scar will remind you. And then you're sitting there like, what the fuck? I, I feel like I missed something. It's <laughs> It's so easy to just pop on one episode and get so much enjoyment out of it, and then decide... I'd like to know the backstory. I'd like to know what happened before this. Not necessary. You can watch one episode of Bebop and get just as much enjoyment out of it. So yeah, shouts out to whoever decided that this is perfect for the American audience, because it truly was. You made a great decision. I I had a great time watching this. Um... I, I would love to watch it again. It's something that I could really just pop on one of my favorite episodes and just enjoy When you come over now, while. we're just going to randomly play an episode in the background. I'd be 100% okay with that. We'll just pop on the fucking uh, the mushrooms episode. The mushroom samba episode, and we'll just go to town, <laughs> yeah. baby. We'll oh, just uh, go to town. Yeah, I, I think I've said most of everything that I want to say. Um, I'm sure there's other things that I could talk about that I'm just aren't on the brain right now. I know there's plenty of Cowboy Bebop fans out there. The show's been out for almost 25 years at this point. Actually, I think it has been 25 years at this point. Um, so yeah, people have you know broken this down until the cows come home. But I'd be happy to, if you got videos, if you have shit you want to talk about, join the Discord, talk to me, link those videos, give me, let me see all the things that I didn't get to see on Cowboy Bebop. Uh, at the end of the day, though, I'm going to give this a nine out of ten, with the very high potential that if I watch it again, to where it's like, oh man, like like you, I know our scores differ, but y- all it took was six episodes of a rewatch for you to go, son of a bitch, this show is really fucking me. good. So, <laughs> yeah. and you know, that's uh, watching it, it. So sometimes with the pressure of the podcast, you know what I mean? It's like I I feel like I have to watch it in a different way than I could have if I just am watching it for enjoyment. So maybe next time I get to just watch it for enjoyment, I might not be thinking so hard about certain things and be able to open my eyes and see other things that I didn't notice at first. So right. 9 out of 10 for me for now, I, I get it. It deser- I think it deserves its legendary status. I think if you were to give me an over or underrated, I would say Cowboy Bebop is... Perfectly rated the fact that people give it a 10 out of 10 and it's their favorite. Like I did an episode with Ricky not too long ago over on the Weebology podcast, which I forgot to shout out because it's been a couple weeks, but go check that out. Weebology, great. Love them. But Ricky said, like, I'm so excited for you to be able to watch Cowboy Bebop for the first time, because I'll never be able to do that again. And it's like, okay, why are you that excited? I was only like three episodes in and I'm like, that seems like a little much. But I get it now. I really do understand why this is so special to so many people.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it sits on iMAL with like over a million members, and it's 8.85.
1: So it's really well-loved. Yeah, that's a really good MAL score, honestly.
0: But all right, ladies and gentlemen, we've done it. The Cowboy Bebop episode has finally happened. Uh, we finally got uh, Earthworm to also be a part of that membership. You've also made me start to go, I got to watch it again. So yep. uh, nothing but good things going forward as of uh, Cowboy
1: Bebop. And I just have one thing to say. Um, hopefully she's listening, but uh, Amelia, you're next. You're the last one.
0: <laughs> you're the last one. You're the last Otaku holdout. Host Club, everyone listening to them have to make sure she watches it.
1: We're going to, we have definitely have one peer that just hasn't brought up that they haven't watched Cowboy Bebop that's doing like (laughs) the side eyes. Like, yeah, Amelia. Oh, shit. Sweating really hard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That used to be me. Not anymore, motherfuckers. I've watched Cowboy Bebop. I'm I'm an anime fan now. No longer a fake fan. I win. You lose. Ha ha. All right oh man so yeah i hope you enjoyed this review as always i mean we try not to put out episodes that you guys won't enjoy uh so we will be back next week we are back on the weekly schedule we appreciate you all coming back after our little vacation our little week off really needed it and it really helped us recharge our batteries so join the discord hit us up on instagram or twitter follow us you know so you can see things we post um and yeah discord is definitely the best place to get more of a a one-on-one conversation that's the first place where we post all our updates and any announcements that we have so hit that link in the show notes if you really enjoyed the content and you wanted to go above and beyond to help us out to support us patreon.com anime brothers podcast you can search us now we have taken away the nudity tag on our Patreon. We didn't know it was there. So yes, uh, look us up on Patreon. It's a dollar a month. You get early access to extra episodes which as recent have been JD's quest for the One Piece. So if you're a One Piece fan get in there. You get early access before everybody else. You get to hear JD's thoughts. Occasionally he brings a guest on. Sometimes it's just himself. It's always One Piece related though. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, Other than that I'm just happy to be back. Thank you guys for listening. JD, thanks for letting me fucking spew my word vomit about Cowboy Bebop for an hour and a half.
0: No problem. I hope you all enjoyed, and we will see you guys in the next episode of the Anime Brothers. Peace out,
1: everybody.